Tell me something, Corrigan. Tell me, tell me a, a tale. Weave oh. me a yarn. You know. I would be happy to do that for you, Mark. I'm really glad you asked. Fucking draw me in, reel me in. You've got me on the hook. Now all you have to do is just fucking reel me in. I'm yours. Tell me something. I will do my very best to take reel me you places, in, good, sir. <laughs> um, and Mark, I'm gonna warn you in advance. This is a little bit of a nerdy one. Uh, all right. I am. You know that I've said before that at some point I would really like to delve into the assassination of President James A. Garfield. Mm. Uh, and that time's not today, that, but it is coming soon. What I am... Oh, go ahead. Why Garfield in particular? Why does that particular assassination capture you so? Oh, because it's so complicated. There's oh, so right. much at play that led to Garfield dying the way that he did, part of which we will uh, go into this fine day. Uh, Not the least of which is just kind of where medicine was at the time, and the fact that his death was excruciating and took place over the course of something like 80 days. Yikes. Uh, Yeah, as he just slowly shriveled into a husk of a man over that time. Okay, James Garfield didn't need to die. He didn't need to okay. die, but he did, right. and the story is interesting. So that I'll get one there. This is for a future episode of Jackal Creek, <laughs> the future Joag. Exactly. But today I am going to just set a little more context to that, bit yeah. by bit, just, you know, peppering in the context. So when I do get to tell this story, mm. people will know everything that they need to know already. Yeah. 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 So yeah. this story is, in fact, related to the murder of our 20th commander in chief. Uh, I am going to tell you about a place where his assassin. Charles Guiteau spent several years of his life, a utopian community in upstate New York called Oneida. Now, does the name Oneida ring any bells to you? It doesn't, and neither does Charles Guiteau. Guiteau, yes. Is that yeah. one name? Is that one word? Yeah. G-U-I-T-E-A-U. Guiteau. Guiteau, right. No, uh, doesn't ring a bell. Okay, well... For some listeners, Oneida might ring a bell uh, because you've seen it on like stainless steel silverware that maybe your mom keeps in the closet or you've seen it at a friend's house or in department stores and things like that. Uh, And that silverware is indeed a product of this very commune that came about in the 19th century. Okay. I'm going to tell you a little bit about it. Now, I don't know about the UK, Mark. But in America in the 19th century, it was a hotbed of religious offshoots of Christianity, spurred in part by the Second Great Awakening, which had seen Protestant revival take hold throughout the U.S. from the late 1700s into the 1830s. And to be fair, from like the moment the English got here, (laughs) allegedly for religious freedom, although they had religious freedom in Holland, they just, you know... It wasn't enough religious freedom. They wanted to dominate, and they didn't like that their kids were becoming too Dutch. Anyways, folks started splitting off and doing their own thing and believing in different theologies and starting new groups uh, and even colonies because the OGs were not thrilled with deviation from what they were doing when they came to America. So you Uh had all these people who came to America for ostensibly religious freedom, uh, but they didn't want religious freedom for everyone, and if you deviated from their specific brand of Christianity, you were pretty much banished. You've yeah, seen The Witch. Of know? course, yes. Yeah. It's, it's, it's our way or the highway, isn't it? Yes, exactly. Uh, you know, in The Witch, these people have different ideas about God, and thus they end up in the woods. If you had different ideas about how God worked, off to the woods with you. And if no one agreed, it was off to the woods by yourself, like in that movie. 
but there were certainly religious sects that were able to spring up and do all right for themselves. And that tradition lived and lives on in America. Today, it's estimated that there are over 200 Christian denominations in the U.S. alone. It's too goddamn many. <laughs> it's and, too uh, many. It's way too, it's, it's like 199 too many. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, would I be right in saying that every one of those 200, circa 200 denominations is convinced that theirs is the right one and that the others are wrong? Oh, of course. I mean, well... The fuck is that? Not necessarily denominations like that. Denominations generally provide at least a little leeway in theology. Wiggle room, okay. So, yeah, it's not necessarily that, like, people in different denominations think ones and others are, like, going to hell or anything like that. You know, a Baptist doesn't think a Lutheran's going to hell. Okay. They okay. just think they've got the theology wrong. That's all. All right, okay, fine, fine, fine. Uh, yeah, so there's the 200 of those, and, and that doesn't count ones that... Uh, are offshoots that come from Christianity, but we don't count as Christian. Those are the ones that are going to hell, like the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, for example, which you know as Mormons. Mm -hmm. And that came about in the 1830s when, because of that Second Great Awakening, people were primed for the snake oil that Joseph Smith was selling. So all that to say, the U.S. is a country with a long history of folks having their own revelations about Christianity and then fucking off to do their own thing where they won't get flack for it. Because yep. if you were in the wrong place, they'd just, you know, fucking hang you. You don't want that. So at this point in the 1800s, we're also rubbing up against industrialization and urbanization in America. And people are moving from the country into the city. The church has way less sway in people's lives. They're going out for leisure and intermingling boy-girl hangouts. Uh, when America was more of an agricultural place, life was all about the family and the church mm -hmm. and these small communities, you know, and, and so communities and the church had a lot of control over the norms of society. Um, where now where society, are we now chronologically? What year is this? Where, where are we? We're talking about like the mid 1800s. Right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, and so obviously when society starts to change, people inevitably freak out and try to mitigate the apparent damage. And the U.S. is still new at this point, right? We become a country in the 1770s, uh, and we weren't sure exactly what we were going to be yet, but we knew we wanted to be something not European. That, that was is, about all we had. To me, that is fucking mad. That you're only, <laughs> your, your nation is only a few hundred years old. Yeah, right? Isn't that That's bonkers? That's fucking crazy shit. Yeah, and we think we've got it all figured out. Yeah. <laughs> we just got here. It's not, I, not that I'm saying that you know being an older country means fuck all. It oh, doesn't. No. It means nothing. Yeah. But your history is it's is short. very recent history. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Exactly. the The church that I would stay in uh, when I was in Northern Ireland was older than this mm. country. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah. <clears throat> Uh, at this point, you know, as Hector St. Jean de Crevecourt famously asked, what mm. then is the American, this new man? And this question not only impacted our ever-growing and ever-industrializing society, but also smaller groups of people who saw an opportunity to create utopia here on Earth. And John Humphrey Noyes was just one such figure. He reckoned that the second coming of Christ had already happened with the destruction of the temple in Jerusalem in 70 AD, and as such, he wanted to embrace the communal living demonstrated by early Christian communities in order to strive for a better society and usher in the kingdom of heaven on earth. Mm -hmm. And while this is where the ideal started, before long the Christian foundation of his beliefs pretty much eroded, and the community he created became a wholly more secular endeavor. 
And I mean, basically, Mark, it became a sex cult. Oh, okay. <laughs> in, yeah. in 1862, Noise and his followers, who called themselves Bible communists, built the mansion house, which would be the... <laughs> they called themselves Bible communists. They called themselves Bible communists. that sounds like something you would call someone else. <laughs> right? It sounds... as a term of endearment. Yeah, exactly. Fucking Bible communists. <laughs> but no, they, they called themselves that. Okay. Uh, and they built what they called the mansion house which would be the primary living space for members of the community and included on its 14-acre property lots of public spaces to be used by both the residents and visitors. They actually hopped on the tourist train fairly early on in their existence, and they invited people to come stay with them in sort of a bed-and-breakfast situation that allowed folks to gawk at their unique lifestyle and help to fund their everyday goings-on. Because obviously they weren't engaging with society at large, so everything that they did had to be really, you know happen on this property and thus why they started doing things like creating silverware they did like silk works they invented the lazy susan they did all kinds of stuff like that um right here at this mansion house you say that like i'm supposed to know what the fucking lazy susan is you don't know what a lazy susan is no i do not what do you call the thing that you would put like on your table that spins that has like salt and pepper and things like that so you can like Uh. turn it Fucking dinner wheel. I don't know. But thank you. I now know it is a lazy suit. Thank you. Like yeah, in you know uh, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom at the beginning of Temple of Doom. I, I don't remember that. It's got the poison and the fucking diamonds and spins it around and the guy. <laughs> that's a lazy Susan, right? I thank guess you. that's a lazy Susan. <laughs> Cultural uh, exchange. Cultural exchange. The United community was communal in every sense of the word. Everything and everyone belonged to everybody okay you could have sex with pretty much whoever you wanted but everyone slept in single rooms and those sexual encounters were to occur in special quarters that weren't particularly comfortable so as to discourage what they called sticky love noise thought that to achieve perfection quote the new commandment is that we love one another not by pairs as in the world but on mass a practice a practice he called complex marriage in other words, you weren't supposed to get too attached to one person. And the ah. same went for having children. So sticky in terms of attachment, in terms of yeah, relationships. Yeah, not in terms forming. of like fluids. Right. <laughs> yes. Sticky okay. love, you know, falling in love with people. You're supposed yes. to love everybody. And meet with everyone. move on. Yes. Uh, so on the one hand, Oneidans were super into eugenics. Uh-huh. Not in cool, the, cool. like, you know, create a white race by forced sterilization of undesirables sort of way that was actually fairly mainstream at the time. Mm. They believed in a doctrine called Christian perfectionism. According to historian Spencer Claw, quote, all that the perfectionist said was that if you totally accepted Christ, you would never behave immorally and you would always act as God wanted you to act. The problem was that maybe this person who was perfect would misunderstand what God was saying. Mm. And of course, maybe that person was a hypocrite. Noise understood that perfectionism needed to be regulated by someone who was able to interpret what God really wanted. So they were like, hey, we can selectively breed folks in this community to create perfect little unselfish socialist babies that will combat this capitalist hellscape and usher in paradise on earth with their perfect spirituality. Oh, fuck. Well, roll back. So 
we're, we're talking <laughs> about breeding perfect Christians. Yes, exactly. Taking Fuck, the most perfect Christians in your community and, and mating them. Mating them. Yeah. <laughs> this is a this is a new angle. Yeah, right? No. Yeah. And they were like proto eugenicists. Like I kind of misspoke there. It's not that like this was that eugenics was common at the time because we're talking about the late 1870s, mid to late 1870s. I mean right. 1800s at this point. And like eugenics really became popular in the very late 1800s and early um, 1900s mm. and so their idea of like breeding people together uh, in order to create a certain kind of human like this was actually one of the first functional experiments in eugenics that has ever happened uh, I, I don't know if you can if you can give me detail there but how do you what how what traits do you look for then how do you decide who's ripe for breeding how do you decide it's about the most spiritual and least selfish people yeah. in the community um which of course noise thought that he was one of those he also thought his own sisters were really perfect spiritually yeah, yeah and yeah, 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 uh yeah. really wanted to have children with them yeah uh but thankfully that never happened <laughs> um but what would happen is that noise would either arrange for certain pairs of community community members to hook up and you know make it a baby uh and other couples that were not handpicked by the man himself could present their case before a committee to be allowed to procreate so in terms Fine. of like what are these traits or things like that they had to go up and be like here are these traits that we have here is why yeah, we yeah, are yeah, yeah, yeah. so i'm not going to tell you what i'm looking for, for. you're going to tell me what you got yeah and uh, if that matches up with what we're trying to do yeah. here we you can make them Make and it a baby. Not, make it a baby. <laughs> and if not, no babies for you. Um, and then sticky once love they, for you, sir. No sticky love. Once they had their babies, they were property of the whole community. They built like a nursery wing onto the mansion house. Um, mm. And if, so, for example... Uh, so the, the, the idea of the, the notions of family then, if I have a child, it isn't mine to raise. It isn't right. necessarily my, that baby is the... Everyone is the family. Everyone is the parent. Mm -hmm. Everyone is... Okay, okay, I get it. Yeah. Basically, you know, they're trying to get past ideas of property and ownership and things mm. like that and selfishness. Ultimately, that was kind of what they saw as the problem with the world is people doing things out of selfish motives. And a perfect Christian world would see no one doing things for themselves but out of, you know, a love for God and his people. So anything Bible that communists. was... It, that makes Bible communists. Bible Right. Yeah, 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 exactly. And of course, it's a little bit of a bastardization of what communism is, but you see what they meant when they said that. Um, and if, for example, a mom seemed to be getting too attached to that human being she just carried around for nine months and pushed out of her vagina, they mm. just simply wouldn't let her see her kid for a while until oh, she snapped out of that mm. sticky love. Yeah. In general, they weren't into Pleasant. letting... Yeah, <laughs> they weren't letting people get too attached to much of anything. One member of the community was a straight-up virtuoso violinist, and they were like, oh, that's a problem, and they just took the violin away. Oh, that's Couldn't, horrid. Yeah. In you say this community, what are we talking in terms of numbers, in terms of scale? How many of these There was about are? 300 people in this uh, community. Harmless enough. 
<laughs> harmless enough. Yeah, it's a very small, and that's the thing. There are there were a lot of these utopian communities, lots of very small utopian communities all over the United States, and you yes. don't hear a ton about them because they were small. They were just mm -hmm. little groups of people trying to figure out like how do we live again? What is an American? What does it mean? What is this country going to be? Uh, we want to create something that isn't like what we lived under in Europe that you know we felt was oppressive, and we don't want to recreate monarchy we don't want to create any yeah. of the structures that happened you know before it. and so this was just one of the many responses that people had to them so there are various utopian communities oneida stands out because of their contribution being that they created a company that still exists to this day and also you know these practices um, and being connected to the assassination of a president which leads me to my next question. How does this flow in? We'll get there. We'll get there. Okay. okay, okay, okay. <laughs> There's more weird shit about this commune, Mark. I'm Good. not done explaining Good. this to you. So one of my favorite practices of the United, Oneida community was what they called mutual criticism, which was <laughs> when they would all sit around and literally just fucking unload on whichever poor soul's turn it was that day, a sort of proto-festivist airing of grievances if you <laughs> mutual will. criticism mutual criticism in two words you've just described my marriage <laughs> <laughs> a process of mutual criticism that's where it is we're keeping that <laughs> uh, like you found utopia mark keeping good job alive. keeping those fires burning <laughs> so in sarah vowell's wonderful book assassination vacation she highlights one particular member who was chewed out by the group for constantly talking about Vermont. And I know you never watched The Office, but most of our listeners probably did. And all I can think of is this guy being like Andy, who unceasingly drops that he went to Cornell at every possible opportunity to the point where it's just cartoonish. And that's what I see of this guy. They were like, they said that he had too high of an estimation of New Englanders. And he talked about Vermont too much. And everyone was just... That would be irritating. <laughs> was just fed the fuck up with this guy talking about how much he loved Vermont <laughs> and so they held a mutual <laughs> criticism session to but he let in him turn would get to fire back yeah he would get to air his grievances not in response well. to it not in response no mm. on another day like it was basically you know your your number would come up and everyone would sort of air out these things oh. and the idea again is to so reduce selfishness be it, honest if it, about if it were my yeah. turn I would have to like sit there before mm -hmm. a barrage of mutual criticism. Mutual, yeah. to me, impl implies it's two-way. I would get to go, well, let me fucking tell you a thing or two, mate. <laughs> no. It no. means you will get your turn when it is no. whoever you want to criticize is, Rough. you know, day. Yeah, you don't get Rough. to defend yourself or anything like that. You just have okay. to sit there and go, okay. All right, I will try to Take adjust my behavior. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. But that's one of their more benign practices. Others were a little more unsavory or just baffling. For example, like I said, sex was encouraged between whoever wanted to have it. No hang-ups about it. And theoretically, a woman's consent was crucial. They were actually pretty forward about a lot of things with women, you know? Uh, they You had more rights as a woman in this community than you did in average society. Um... And so a woman was allowed to say yes or no to whoever she wanted. It was an interview process, essentially, where it was like, hey, uh, okay, this guy would like to have sex with you. Um, you know, here's like, here's his qualifications or whatatever. And a woman <laughs> could be like, you know, okay. Um, 
However, it was the 1800s, so also it was considered kind of impolite to say no, and you were kind of expected to just go with it unless you had a really good reason to abstain. Hmm. After all, the whole point of the community and all these strange practices was to rid people of selfishness and not fucking someone over something silly like, you know, not being attracted to them Mm. would be selfish. So it's consent with caveats, which, you know, isn't consent. Um, Also, as I said, they were real picky about who was allowed to have babies and when, which meant they didn't want a whole bunch of oops babies all over the commune. So to prevent this from happening, dudes just weren't supposed to get off. They Uh. called it male continence also known as coitus reservatus. I see. So ladies could come to their hearts content, but guys, sorry, no can do. Oh, come Which, on. yeah, <laughs> obviously it's not optimal, but on the other hand, again, it's the 1800s. It's a time when women were constantly getting knocked up and rarely having orgasms in the process. <laughs> so in one sense, this was unheard of and progressive for them like Mm. oh yeah it's you know a woman's supposed to come a guy's satisfaction is not really (laughs) has nothing to do with this um but yeah it's you know obviously an issue (laughs) um and things get grosser and decidedly less hip and feminist from there and a content warning to anyone listening it's about to get a little child molesty for a minute here yeah in the oneida community when children reached puberty they were considered to be coming into adulthood and therefore noise figured they needed to be educated about sex. But instead of sitting them down in front of some diagrams and explaining the whole thing, like most of us endured in seventh grade science class, Oneidans taught by doing an older member of the community would be assigned to have sex with the tweens. And it was especially important that women be postmenopausal as young boys would have trouble controlling their ejaculation. And thus they required a partner who couldn't get pregnant. It's like a real extreme version of the parent who lets the kids party at home because they'd rather they do it in the house. The kids I had was, to learn somewhere, so they controlled it. I was I was done with these guys until about thirty yeah. seconds ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it gets real real sinister mm. real quick, and this also is part of what broke up this group eventually. You know, as people's kids aged, mm. and they started to realize what this was going to mean for their children. They were like, I don't know if we agree with this practice. (laughs) Um, So it was one of the things that was the downfall of the community. And obviously it's rape. Um, I haven't seen any records at all of how children felt about this practice, but whether they were totally on board or not, it's not consent. A 13-year-old can't consent to having sex with a whole-ass adult. How long? How long did this community? Well, how long was this community a thing? How long did it lasted around forty years? Okay. Yeah. So. Fair, fair amount of time. To the early 1900s, then? Uh, it uh, carried on until 1881. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Um, and it started in the 1840s. Hmm. So when it dissolved due to myriad issues, including lack of leadership, uh, as Noy's son, whom he hoped to hand it off to, lacked his father's charisma or even interest in his utopian cause... Uh, the company they created did carry on, and it still exists, even though it was sold to a company in two thousand, a European company in two thousand four. And to bring it back around to my fixation on James Garfield, we return to Charles Guiteau, who joined the Oneida community in eighteen sixty uh. due to his father's close ties with Noise, and remained there for about five years. Okay. Uh, he proved to be 
too much of a weirdo even for the Oneida community, <laughs> though. And years later, when he tried to sue them for uncompensated labor he'd done while there, apparently misunderstanding the whole communal living thing, even his own father was like, eek, sorry about my kid, he's a fucking nut job. <laughs> and Noyes said of him that he was, quote, moody, self-conceited, unmanageable, and addicted to masturbation. <laughs> You're in a sex cult, and they're like, this guy jacks off too much. <laughs> uh, he would he would have been a shoo-in if he could just stop whacking off for five fucking right. minutes. <laughs> and Guiteau blamed Oneida for all of his life's Could they not have just mutually criticized him out of it? Yeah, I think they prop. I'm sure they <laughs> attempted it. I imagine he received a lot of criticism, Charles likely of the one-sided kind. Quit with the whacking <laughs> off all the time. Uh, so yeah, he blamed Oneida for all of his problems. He sent them harassing letters and stated that his life goal was, quote, wiping out Oneida. Uh, but the wiping out of Oneida happened on its own terms, and Guiteau turned his attention to politics and mm. managed to wipe out the president of the United States a mere 200 days into his term instead. So today you can actually still visit the mansion house. It's become a museum and a bed and breakfast, much in keeping with its heyday. So... For a small fee, you can sleep where hundreds of people had weird sex in their quest for utopia. Terrific. <laughs> uh, and potentially where Charles Guiteau himself might have assassinated the president, if you know what I'm saying. Let me quote directly from my notes, if I may. Yes, please do. Fucking look at these nerds. Oh, mise en scène. Anyone has ever said me well said in such a horny way before. The way I whispered the word sex cannibal recently. Worst comes to worst, Mark. I'm willing to guillotine you for science. Thank you. That's really, really sweet. It's you cold know. outside, but my pancreas is talking to me. I'm <laughs> fucking, I'm gonna leg it. You know how I feel about that, Mark. I think you feel great about it. Funny sort of week. Mm. Corey, would you agree? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It feels, uh, feels that way. Funny sort of week. What continues... What I will often pause and realise and, and never cease to be surprised by is how quickly we normalise strangeness. Oh, God. Yeah, right? Do you know what I'm saying? How quickly yeah. what was, you know, hitherto unfucking thinkable <laughs> and strange and weird just becomes part of the BAU so fucking easily and simply. You know? Part of the what? BA, business as usual, just a fucking oh. normal... I was like, the behavioral analysis unit? No. But... Yeah. <laughs> I watch a lot of Criminal Minds. Just as business as usual. I mean, I'm, I'm aware that I'm speaking from a place of horrific privilege, of course. Mm -hmm. But it's become almost prosaic to see war footage on TV now. Was this not exactly what I was saying when we talked about this last week or the week before right that this sense that like constant inundation with this war footage as almost entertainment mm. was there was nothing good that can come of that right that no. i'm like what does that what does that do for us to just keep taking it in and what it ends up doing as we can see like you said is that it just sort of makes us numb to it especially if it does not directly affect us. I like the only thing that you, now anyone talks about is arguing over whether it's insensitive to comment on gas prices. Like, yeah. <laughs> that's pretty much the only thing that I see much talk of. 
with this stuff. Yeah, in in a week where not only has you know the the frequency of conversations about potential nuclear war continued, Mm -hmm. uh, literal attacks on nuclear facilities. Yeah, everyone's favorite nuclear disaster site, Chernobyl. Once again, you know, losing power and 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 being uh, becoming another risk site. Yeah. Uh, but yet, everything just seems to grimly just fucking carry on trundling on, doesn't it? And even beyond that, I think the things that really kind of disturb me are the the sort of smaller things. I'm not afraid of nuclear war. I don't think. I don't okay. think anyone is interested in mutually assured destruction. Um, you know, I just don't think that that's going to happen. Uh, but, you know, there's things like that a journalist was just killed or that a professional basketball player from here yes. has been jailed there for <laughs> several weeks or yeah. that, um, you know, there we're finding that, like, African students can't get out of the country because... Yeah. They're only accepting white Ukrainians into refugee status or the fact that media keeps interviewing Ukrainians who are openly wearing Nazi regalia uh, because they're too stupid to know what those symbols are and are like, look at these heroes who are fighting Russia and they're literal Nazis. And like all this kind of stuff is just like. Like you said, we're just used to it. It's going unremarked that's, upon. That's exactly that what I mean. This is happening. Like, yeah, in, we, this is crazy. This is absolutely insane that in this a, is happening, and we have no bandwidth for it. Yeah, in in a in a, a landscape where week after week turning into months, turning into years of just outlandish shit happening, uh, it 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 becomes. It becomes commonplace. I mean, you and I could draw, you could stick a pin in the timeline of the last two, three years and any individual event taken in and of itself would seem so fucking outlandish and ridiculous. Right. (laughs) But you put it in the context of the times that we now live in and it just all is... It's just noise, isn't it? And I guess it's, you know, that is a human tendency. I think I've... I think I've mentioned before that, you know, I was reading or at least I've mentioned it to you, but I was reading about, you know, youths in World War II in England and about how, you know, there were like they would just use like um, air raids as an excuse, like a baby it's cold outside to have sex like oh i guess we can't leave the house because there's an air raid so they would use it to bone you know like you find ways to adjust to these sort of situations um and it's you know so i guess there's it's part of the resilience of being human and things like that and we only have so much bandwidth for things and we have to figure out you know how to survive through stuff but at the same time there is something very disturbing about the all of these issues. And I also don't want to make it sound like, you know, with the examples I gave, like I'm like caping for Russia or anything like that. Cause fuck Russia. But like, you know, we just have like all of these, these things going on and it just, like I said, I think we get so inundated with it from every angle that it stops being shocking. 
there was a half hour last week, right? And I've spoken before on this cast about my my uh, love of Radio Four, BBC Radio Four, mm-hmm. just a, a a voice of sanity and consistency, uh, and and just uh, it, it two points of the day in Radio Four. There's uh, today when I wake up in the morning, and there's PM when I'm coming home from work, right? Mm-hmm. Two just grounding elements of my day my weekday my monday to friday I, I i will whatever i'm doing i will make an effort to listen to at least a half hour or so of those shows right um and i was driving home from work one day early last week <clears throat> and look it's been a f- you know you know this uh and I, I i i'm sure i'm not oversharing when i say that it's been a fucking hell of a tough week a very very tough week um in terms of my sleep cycle and my whatever the fuck else is going on with me and driving home, listening to PM, driving home from Birmingham, and I was fucked anyway. It, it, it had been a very long day and a very long night before, and I didn't really know what the fuck was going on. Um, and this fucking conservative, I, you know, mm. not politically, but conservative in terms of tone, the show, mm-hmm. level-headed though it normally is, and uh, very, very, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Not given to kind of, fanciful reporting not given to mm-hmm. kind of passionate reporting very very reserved yeah just straight reporting exactly this fucking show was using words like armageddon using <laughs> words like uh using words like you said mutually assured destruction using words like humanity ending events mm-hmm. with academic people discussing the likelihood of whether or not this would happen and it mm-hmm. it was awful it was the most awful fucking moment listening to this in the car I felt my pulse fucking quicken I felt a lump in my throat uh this this sensation of, of reality kind of warping a little bit is mm. this am I really fucking hearing this coming out you know being discussed as a as a as a possible event on today of all fucking programs and radio <laughs> right uh mm, and it, it was a, a a very definite period of of otherworldliness what the fuck is happening yeah even if even if weird shit continues to happen at such a pace that it, that it threatens to become noise yeah i guess everyone has or, or i would hope that everyone has moments where you're able to kind of cut through that that fucking noise and realize that things are as fucked as i can ever remember them being <laughs> right yeah it's a very bizarre and yeah fucked point you know and i think it's our sort of global society you know the fact that we we have access to everything you know someone pointed out recently they were like you know in the past you just didn't know what was going on other Mm. places you know and i don't mean in the past like 1940 you know (laughs) obviously you had the radio newspapers things like that but it's like there are in human history Mm. you were not expected to know every little horrifying thing that was happening everywhere and we live in a in now a global world where we're connected to every single thing um and everything impacts every other country and area and all of that kind of stuff um and it i think it's just interesting to think like when we consider something like world war ii for example which i know both of our countries are very into like you know reminiscing on as of these course. times of coming of together identity, and, isn't it? right yeah. exactly um that there you know you still 
only got so much information. Yeah. You know, and you only interacted with people who were around you and not, you know, with uh, people who are from these countries and asking for help or, you know, seeing you had limited information about it. And I think it had both the effect of making you feel the war was everywhere, that you were encapsulated in war, right? Your entire world was the war yes, um, because you had no sense of things outside of it. But also you don't have this like surreal feeling of life going on the Uh way that like you do now when you are just like, yeah, this is happening, but also South by Southwest is happening right now. And like the whatever yeah. awards the, show yeah, yeah the fastest <laughs> was, the last night you know? right you know mm. like there's it's a very weird life goes on um as you have unlimited access to the devastation that is happening at the same time so it's been weird yes yeah, so, so that that's very much where i'm coming from this week that's that's yeah and also covid's back you find me COVID. hey covid's back covid, COVID is back, is back. um <laughs> I know, listen, I know quite recently I declared the pandemic over. Well, mm. guess what? I now declare the pandemic is back on, everyone. Snip the ribbon. The pandemic is back on. Uh, delighted to report that over the last <laughs> seven days here in the UK, we've seen a 48% rise wow. in cases of COVID. So uh, do you remember the pandemic? Remember the pandemic? Well, it's back. Yeah. Uh, it's back and better than ever it's back new pandemic (sighs) this again this is just so frustrating for me because now obviously like you guys lifted all your restrictions and you know that my reaction to that was negative (laughs) and now we're doing that here too lifting all the restrictions restrictions on everything and the only thing that has made it so that we can lift those restrictions is that they've been in place. And, you know, you go places and you mask and all that kind of stuff. So when you get rid of those, shock, well, I'm looking things at your, go back up. <laughs> I'm looking at your, your graph here, mm-hmm. your, your cases, and it looks pretty good, you know. It looks pretty. Yeah, we haven't lift. Everything's starting oh, to lift, like, within this week or so. Um, this see. is, like, the... The week it's hit that everything is starting so maybe, to... Yeah, a couple of weeks time then. A couple of weeks from now, I think, you know, we're going to start seeing the same sorts of things that you're seeing over there. Mm, very interesting. I would love to be wrong about that. Like, yeah. I like not having to stress out everywhere that I go. Yeah. I, That's great, but... Mm. I'd almost... I, 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 a couple of people that I know have, have remarked this exact same thing. It's almost what with the war and mm-hmm. you know the the horrific clusterfuck that is britain anyway mm-hmm. covid had almost completely kind of vanished from the national consciousness yeah exactly you know, there was nothing in the reporting nothing in the news uh nothing in the national conversation nobody seemed they, there seemed to be like a week or two where people just weren't chatting about it um yeah incredible how quickly you forget well it's back so so there you go. It's really right. fun. Keep your mask. Listeners of Joag, you don't have to get COVID. Keep your masks on. No, get you your don't. vaxes. Although I, I will try I will to stay away from people. Reassuringly, uh, deaths aren't, aren't shooting up just cases. That's good. Uh, well, and you, your country is much more vaccinated than ours is. 
So when people get it here, deaths start going up. Um, and of course, it depends on what strain of it it is. I think Omicron was less deadly overall than, say, Delta was. But mm-hmm. yeah, it helps that you're, of all the problems that perhaps your country might have, at least people will take the jab. Yes, but, you know, while there's COVID, while there's war, there's Joag. You know, we... There's Joag. and our mercies are new every morning yes so we are happy to be here with you and you know get you through this hellscape uh we Mm. needed to talk it out a little bit but you know in better news why don't we just like take our minds off it with like a watch along at the end of the month what do you think about that mark what a fantastic idea uh so i'm looking at my calendar and the last saturday of the month is actually a week this coming saturday so that would take us to the 26th 26th of march all right so 26th of march um have we talked about topics because i have we haven't i don't think oh you have one all right but i think you kind of went "Mm, i don't know mark oh no well we've had oh that's yeah i do okay yeah go ahead and and we've had Rain of fire, right? <laughs> so I don't know if, yep. if we we need we need some we need a show of fire <laughs> banger. And I was wondering if we could just do fucking all out gore and meat and burger. If we could just have a fucking oh. just the Joab fucking celebration of gore watch along. Right now, my concern, of course, is that yeah. we might lose people who can't handle gore. So two things my thought is let's let's put it to the listeners are you in or you out yeah. you know what can we do gore fest number yeah. two is how about we do like real over the top gore like oh, not realistic I mean. I mean. gore i don't yeah. mean you know medically accurate gore right i mean you know when you use the term o. burger i just imagine ground up like actual human no, you no, know, no, that kind of thing. Um, so, you know, I think <laughs> I was going to say like, like dead alive is fair game or brain dead is fair That's game. But I'm like, also that is the I'm grossest thing that a lot of people will have ever seen. But yeah. Okay. So like over the top, not realistic. Yeah. Won't make you, you know, you won't be dreaming about real dead bodies. Certainly afterwards. not. Certainly not. Sturm und Drang, Grand Guignol kind of gore. Just fucking throw that fucking red paint around. Make so a head blow A lot up. of sounds you just made <laughs> uh, but no, I'll, I'll put it to the i'll put it to our wonderful wonderful fucking listener base and see what people reckon but that's you know that's that's what what i want to do <laughs> if you have suggestions for some over the top gore please do let us know of course mark will put it up on all the the social media and everything but if you're listening to this and immediately something pops into your head that you're like i must tell them feel free to hit us up on all the social medias and let us know what you're thinking Yes. In terms of Gorefest, Joag Gorefest 2022. Yep. Uh, the more theatrical, the more over the top, the more absurd, the redder and wetter, the better. <laughs> Absolutely. I know that Anna the is going to The wetter, the better. Ooh, that's, you have to put that in the in the poll or whatever. 100%. <laughs> that's going to be on our little poster. The wetter, the better. Um, Anna will be stoked on that. Mm-hmm. So, Yeah. Let's uh, um, let's do that you've together. You've got a book club coming up, don't you? Yes, and book club is this weekend. It's a really quick read, like literally 
you know, depending on the speed of your reading, you're looking at an hour to three hours reading this book. So you've still got plenty of time to read um, the book, which is Ring Shout. Uh, pick it up from your library, pick it up from the indie bookstore, whatever you want to do. Um, get your ebooks, all that stuff. Uh, and it is a vampire Ku Klux Klan book. Uh, so yeah, it's a, it's a lot of fun. I think people are probably going to enjoy it. Get it done. Are the clan vampires or a vampire? The clan are vampires and there are hunters coming after the vampire clan people and they are, man, it is gory. Like three or four pages into it. I was like, oh, I can't cover my eyes when I'm reading, but (laughs) it's really gross. Uh, so a little warning there. It is, uh, it goes hard in this little novella. Um, So join us. The Zoom link will be posted uh, before the meeting on Saturday and we'll all hang out and have a good time as we always do. Very nice, very nice. Yeah. Uh, Also, just wanted to shout out to The Void, Mark. You really, you really channeled something last week. Uh, It would seem so. Um, I've always known that there was something different about myself, right? (laughs) I've, I've, I've always felt just not the same as others mm, uh, mm. and last week has shown me what 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 really um i was put on this earth to fucking do uh, <laughs> yeah so yes uh, if 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 my message from the void found you know if it was relevant to you in your life if you found meaning in it if it guided you or you know helped you through your day then i'm super super pleased about that yeah and Tune thanks for sharing month. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Thanks for sharing that with us. Like it was really lovely in again a weird week to be seeing the messages from everybody about what they took from the void this week. Very interesting indeed. (laughs) I think the best one had to be Nick, who you told he would uh he should just stop looking for something, he'll find it tomorrow, and he did indeed literally did do that. Yeah. I can't Absolutely take any. Wonderful. I can't. You know, I can take. I can take no credit yeah. for it at all. Yeah. I'm. But please do. Peace. Send our love to the void for for what they for did sure. for us. It actually reminds me of. Um, so this clip went viral uh, a couple of years ago of this woman and her daughter, and they call themselves the Angelic Initiative. Um, they're on YouTube, and they are like their own cult of two, um, and they communicate with like angels and past spirits and things like that and they like put their hands in the air and the whole time they do these like swirly motions and uh like one of them communicates and the other one like kind of interprets or whatever so they'll be like you know and they're you know they're telling us this thing and usually it's the mom who's getting it and the daughter will verify or say you know i'm getting something different or whatever but most of the time it manifests her just going hmm yes Yes. Hmm. <laughs> it's like very, very weird. It's also it also makes great ASMR, but it is a fascinating uh set of people. Check out the Angelic Initiative if you just want to see uh, uh, my, the void in practice. It's exactly what Mark just did. Altogether more specific. Oh, they are very specific. They are extremely specific. Usually and listen, this is one of those things like where you're like, I'm I'd be down with these people if they weren't crazy, much like the mm. uh Oneida community. Um, because most of their message is about um, climate change 
and okay. about how we're fucking up the planet and you know Good. all of the and angels and ancestors and all that kind of stuff are telling us to like sort it out and here are the things that you should be doing to make sure that you don't destroy the planet so you know generally not not terrible i don't need the fucking void to tell us that though do we no i don't, I don't think we do well so. i don't know maybe some people do i'm sure there are some weirdos who have gone from QAnon to these people on the internet mm. Uh, and you know what, if it's between those two versions of bonkersness, I guess go with that. Yeah, there has to be some crossover. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, Mark, we've watched some things lately. Oh, we we've have. listened to some things lately. We have. It's been more of a big media week for me than you, but there's some media to discuss. Well, And we've got we... a lot to go in on today. Yeah, can we... Uh, it's been a while for me and it's been a while for you but because we, we saw it a few days apart but can we talk about batman yet we can talk about batman now can we? we can talk about batman now i right. have finally seen batman okay it's a lot of movie oh, it's huge so much movie uh i'd love your thoughts uh, just, go, just go broad start off nice and broad what yeah yeah i mean i thought it was fine uh-huh um, fine. it was fine uh-huh. uh it's way too long and <laughs> like you said you absolutely find the spots in it where you're like yeah that, what they could your, definitely what your, cut that out where when you i mean re- go on. a lot of the time it was mostly just things and you know i don't remember specifics of anything that's not how my brain works but you know there were definitely well for one thing so i have a an app called run p that tells me when i can go to I the bathroom of this app, and, yes. and it describes what happened in so you can be like sitting there on the toilet and scroll and it gives you a synopsis <laughs> so That's that you know fantastic. what you're missing you, I mean, um, you don't even need to run with with batman right can, exactly it you tells you what's going on and it has a timer for how long you have left so it's like hey the end of this pee time is you oh, know form this is a four minute pee time and it counts down so you know exactly does that mean you've got to have your phone out doing the film though no 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 it it like you can put it on um, airplane mode and it'll vibrate in your pocket when it hits a um, like so you start it when the movie starts and it'll vibrate every time it hits one of the P times oh, so you can just get up good. and go it's very yeah good. it's a great for me, app for me in particular <laughs> um so after Alfred uh, oh. blown up Wait, wait, hold on. Let me just, because I was going somewhere with that pee time thing. I wasn't just cool. talking about my app. I was going to say that one of the pee times was four minutes. And the synopsis said, it's just a car chase. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's a long ass car chase. You know, like, Not, there's a lot to that. If that app is suggesting that you go for a piss during probably one of the best car chases I can ever remember seeing in a movie. So. It suggests you going to the bathroom when there's no story development so that you uh, don't miss, like, plot and things like that. That's why. It wasn't like, this is a terrible car chase. Just leave. It's like, I was into you that can go... before you said that because had I no, gone no, for no. a piss and missed that car chase, I would have been... Would and have you would have known. Like, you would have been like, I like car chases. I'm not going to leave during this car chase. The car chase was phenomenal. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I went pee because I don't. Oh. I zone out car chases. Okay. <laughs> I was... disassociate during car chases. Uh, Sam, who I saw it with, likened it to, I think he said, French expressionist film in that you have a fixed point of view on the driver through the fucking window of the car that doesn't move and the rest <laughs> of the fucking world outside the car is mm. going to shit. But you've got this beautiful static shot uh, of the driver, be it, be it Bruce, be it Penguin. Um, 
the fucking seat vibrated because of the bass in that jet engine <laughs> on the back of the Batmobile. Um, That's what my husband, I was in a like theater that like the seats just do that. It's like rumble seats or whatever. Anyway, my mm-hmm. husband was like, there was a lot of rumbling during that car chase. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, speaking broadly about the film, right? It is, it is fantastic, right? It is a fucking brilliant Batman film. And, and, and every, every criticism I have of it has to be built on that foundation that it was a fucking splendid Batman film. Sure. Right? And the fact that there are criticisms of it does not for a moment take away from that one truth. That immutable fucking foundation of every criticism is fine. You can criticise it, it's fine, because it is still, it remains a first-rate slab of Batman, right? So tell me about it. Because for me, like, I was like, yeah, it's a movie. And it's, Mm -hmm. you know, there was a lot that kind of, I zoned out a lot. Because everything, one of the things about it that drives me crazy is everyone moving at half speed throughout it. And I'm like, I get this is the style yeah. But, like, if someone could just walk a little faster, like, maybe I could get into it. And it's, like, I mean, for me, and I think, like, it was good enough. Like, it's not a thing that I'd be, like, I would never watch this again. I would put it on in the background of stuff. I probably wouldn't sit and watch the whole thing, like, with my See, full focus again. A strange but... thing has happened since I saw it. Uh, okay. I, I, I left that film chatting about it with the, the you know, the friends who I went to see it Yeah, with. the posse. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and at the time when I just left that cinema I was like wow really enjoyed that I'm never gonna fucking watch that again (laughs) but a strange thing has happened since I am craving to see it again sure yeah so tell me about it it. what makes this like Mm. a superb Batman movie to you and I will say I liked Robert Pattinson in it yep Um, he he was fantastic There 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 are particular things that I feel I've always been waiting for a Batman film to give me that it's never mm. given me until this mm-hmm. one. I've always wanted, uh, 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 I've always wanted to see a detective Batman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he's you know I've always wanted to see the world's greatest detective at work. And right. Yeah. Totally. Nothing. Nothing that he does in this film is in the world's greatest detective realm. No. This he, is one of my immense frustrations with this movie. I was like, these are the dumbest fucks you know he, he solves some riddles he lo- he leaves through some files you know but it's he's it, like, one of the just... typical like cory moments in this movie was when and a little bit of a spoiler here but when you know you finally meet um the riddler you know mm. out of costume and all that stuff and he thinks batman's like like him or whatever and then when he realized batman hasn't caught on to what's going on he's like you're so stupid you didn't realize this thing and i was like yeah how did he not realize it when it literally <laughs> said real on the yeah. map like, what the fuck it down <laughs> like, um, yeah. but you know it, it it still serves up that lovely batman imagery of mm-hmm. him and gordon in a morgue looking for clues him yeah. and gordon you know looking through a fucking bunch of clue shit looking for clues doing detective shit you know his his cool ass fucking bat lenses you know what i mean which mm-hmm. you can use to fucking obsess and emo over the night before all that that's yeah that's the cool ass grim emo glum core batman shit that i've always <laughs> always 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 wanted to see and yet i've never quite been served up well this film serves it right the fuck up and i love it um i i love the fact that it completely you know every uh, stop me if i'm wrong but i'm sure every fucking 
remotely serious take of Batman so far has, oh god, here come the fucking pearls, here come the fucking, oh, right. yeah. here comes mm. Crime Alley, here comes a mugging, no, no, no. It didn't bother, we know it, we've seen it. Yeah. I'm, I'm so pleased that it didn't. I will say that I'm glad they didn't include that, but I will say one of the things that made it hard to connect with this movie is going straight into, I like your term there, Glumcore. Glumcore mm. Batman with no reason for him to be so glum. He was a chore the whole time. You're just like, what well, the fuck is your problem, dude? I, like, I, you I, keep I, alluding I, to, like, dead parents or whatever, but I don't get why you're like this. And <laughs> I was just annoyed a good chunk of the time with him. He 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 would be, though, wouldn't he? Batman would be a fucking hard... He's, a, he's hard work. He's <laughs> hard and, work. And I, I, I don't know. I, I loved the glum core writing in his fucking journal of glum mm-hmm. thoughts. Listening to his glum music. I, I would love, I, I feel like you'd be on board with this too. Like, you know how, um, like, Mad Max came out with the Chrome edition and stuff like that, or Logan had, like, a black and white version. Yes. I would love an actual noir version of this because what I did love about this movie is that it really captured a lot of the noir sensibilities of it. And I really loved people in it who were very, like, over-the-top in things. And I loved a lot of some of the, like, quippy silliness Mm. of a lot of the interactions, even if they weren't funny. There is, like, this just silliness to the interactions that people have. I love the way other detectives talk. I You know, things like that that are just very noir. Um, and I think it captured that really well in a way that, honestly, I probably would have liked it more simply if it were black and white. Um, and if every single person in it was like very committed to it, some people don't quite match that. But if you put that whole thing in black and white and make me think of it like this movie was made, you know, in the golden yeah. era or pre-code Hollywood. Yes, I would be very. I think I'd be more on board. And then I don't need a reason why he's so glum you know i think that there's an expectation in movies now that you're going to have some explanation as to why this is other than just like yeah his parents died Mm. okay but in a movie in you know the in like the noir era you just had broody detectives who were just like that uh, it's a genre (laughs) and i think if it fully leaned noir Mm. i think i would be right there with you and be like this was this was so much fun yeah, I would be very down for that. Um, but I'm going to watch it again anyway, very soon. So maybe <laughs> I'll just fucking whack the colour down on the TV and watch it in, in black and white anyway. There you go. Make your own noir you version go. of it. Yes. You know? <laughs> uh, how, okay, so the following are ways in which it was not great. Um, it, it, just cut, 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 cutty, cut, cut, snip, 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 yep. snip, snip. I would cut it to fucking shreds. Yep. I would shred that fucking film and turn it in 25 hours shorter. Uh, 25, <laughs> 25 hours minutes, I think, 25 but... minutes I would, I would bring it in 25 <laughs> minutes shorter uh, yeah. the last 25 minutes came from a different movie uh, yeah. very much so there was one one thing in particular that I didn't enjoy that nobody else agrees with me right so oh, okay. we're in the stadium at the end and things are looking bad and he's been shot at by the Riddler's incel fucking mates. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he pulls like a glowing green vial out of his pocket and jabs yeah. himself in a little pore in his suit and is suddenly yeah. revived. That, yeah. 
I was like, is what? it adrenaline? Yeah, is exactly. that what he we're, we're, gave we're, himself? We're, but yeah, all you have I to have do was up to this point not known him... this was yeah. Put, show him putting that, that in his needed pocket. to be shown. That <laughs> was a reverse Chekhov's gun right there. Yeah, yeah exactly, exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, I had the same thought. I was like, why did? Where did that come from? To the point <laughs> where I was searching for ways to justify it. Is are they are they are they seeding bane? Is that what they're doing? Has he got some mm-hmm. kind of bane juice? The, the, I don't fucking know. But yeah, that would have been that would have been interesting to have yeah. just shown me that a bit earlier. But again, yeah. all of my criticisms are based on the foundation of it being an exceptional Batman film that it turns out I can't wait to see again. I also think you can cut all Alfred out of it. Get you rid need, of him. You do he not added nothing. Him. He did nothing. Added nothing. They gave. They basically just did the "I failed you" speech yeah. again in yeah. this movie, and it came out of nowhere. For a performer Cut of the circus yeah. caliber. Below him. Wasted. <laughs> wasted. Absolutely wasted him in there. You, I loved you the could definitely soundtrack. I loved the soundtrack. Of course you did. I did. You are the target audience for 100%. that. 100%. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I've heard a lot of people say that they were fed up of hearing it go, bomb, 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 bomb. But no. I want it's distracting. Again. It's nope. very distracting. I liked it, but... Every single time it came in, I stopped paying attention to what was happening in the scene and listening to the music. Like, oh, what's how have they changed this Nirvana song this time? (laughs) So it It absolutely pulls you from the movie. But, you know, just, you know, ambient shots of traffic or somebody buying a bottle of Coke or something. Bomb, 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 bomb. Brilliant. Just chucking mid (laughs) piece of dialogue. Yeah. Uh, I had the thought that I was like, I would go home and put this score on i think in the movie it's a little too much but i really liked it in that i would listen to it yes (laughs) Uh, i had some other things as well but it'll come to me as we continue um but still (laughs) gonna be randomly shouting batman things five and a half stars out of five wow yeah i think i gave it a three maybe a (laughs) 3.5 um you know, but that's that's my I I was very curious as to what it was that hit so hard for you. And I think, you know, it makes perfect sense. It's like it was the thing you were looking for. Yeah, exactly. Um, that. It and was, it did it was... the things you wanted it to do right. Yes. Um, and I think that's, oh, that's I was expe- great. I, I was I was primed for it to borrow from Seven and Zodiac. Right. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. But it outright wholesale thieved yes. from seven deals straight just up audacious really shameless yeah. just wholesale theft of entire action beats and scenes and ideas from other films <laughs> it very much does the and you know cheek of it the the thing that i also think is like my thought process is like yeah i, I don't really want to watch it again or whatever but i do think maybe with expectations managed in terms of that kind of thing or yeah you know, just kind of what I'm going to get out of these characters and things like that. It might work better for me a second time than it did mm. the first. Um, I did sleep a little bit, but I don't think I missed anything important. <laughs> um, <laughs> my my P didn't seem to think I was missing out on much. So <laughs> just the but, greatest car chase in a Batman movie ever. Go ahead, go for yeah, it's, it's fine. They, they mean nothing to me. what else have you been watching Um, cory well you and i both also have been watching from yes uh do you know what i'm gonna say that i did that entirely on your recommendation you recommended me something and i've watched it there you go 
Oh, you like that? Finally! <laughs> it's like the second time in Joag history. Yep. It's good, too. <laughs> it is good. Um, yeah. I've been really enjoying it. The most recent episode, Ryan and I were talking about um, when it ended, I literally went out loud, No! <laughs> and it's, uh, yeah, it's so far sticking with being spooky, gory, um mysterious yeah. i I'm, I'm sure we've introduced it on the cast before but uh town in the middle of fucking nowhere um, oh you wouldn't let me explain it last week that's right so now you can okay, explain here it we go. yeah so there's this town in the middle of fucking nowhere right in the states where um f- firstly you can't leave you can't leave this town you you get there by accident you could be driving somewhere entirely different on vacation or <laughs> holiday listen to me um <laughs> Oh, so American! All of a sudden, oh, so American, all of a sudden. Here's, here's what'll happen, right? You'll come, your your road will be blocked by a, a fallen tree, and you'll see a bunch of crows circling above. It'll be creepy as fuck, and that's when you know you're fucked. You keep driving through the same little town over and over again. You can't get away. Uh, and the other thing about this town is that every night, absolute horrific fucking demon zombie monsters who look like people come in through the trees, get into your head, try and get you to let them in, uh, and they just. Ugh, horrible, terrifying, annihilating bastards. Really scary, scary creatures. Um, I love the mythology it's building up. It's got this Stephen King novella vibe oh, to yeah. it, doesn't it? It's it's kind of Very a so. four past midnight skeleton crew kind of vibe to it. Um, what I'm not enjoying is that it's also a bit losty as well. Oh, it's definitely losty. And I think um, maybe Carlton Cuse or someone is like an ex... Oh, I think it's Javi Grillo... What's his, I don't know how to say his name, but I think he was involved in Lost as well. Okay, that word um, comes across, yeah. I love Lost, so that is not mm. a problem for me. Mm. <laughs> I have no issue with that whatsoever. Uh, but it definitely does have that vibe to it. Um, and I think as such, like, I have no problem with the ending of Lost, but obviously a lot of people did. I think that now, hopefully... I think shows are very careful about making sure they know where their shit is going. And so I hope that that's the case with this, Mm. um, that they know where they're going with it. And it's not just going to be like they get to the end of the season like, oh, it's picked up again. Fuck, what do we do? I hope they know what they're doing uh, because I really, I really enjoy this show. And it's like what I, you know, I was so disappointed by Yellow Jackets because I thought it was a horror show. Um, and then it wasn't, it was a drama. And this is like what I thought Yellow Jackets was going to be. Like, I was like, all right, we've got like this group of people in an isolated location, lots of gore and murder and like, you know, insanity and minimal drama. There's drama, of course, because you need that to move the plot along, Mm -hmm. but eh, you don't stay on it very long. Most of the drama revolves around trying not to get killed by monsters. And you're very right about, about Yellow Jackets. Um, I get such strong second season is going to suck vibes from Yellow Jackets. I really do. <laughs> the second right. season, it, it doesn't even exist yet. And it's just out there <laughs> waiting to fucking disappoint everyone. Yeah. Uh, so I'm, 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 I'm setting myself up to be burned because I'm right. so abused by TV shows mm, that don't yeah. stick the landing that I'm watching from and I'm enjoying it while still knowing that it yeah, is going that to That little nagging, yeah. uh, when is it gonna, yeah. when's it gonna fuck it up? I'm yeah. trying to be hopeful about it, you know, that, because like, you know, there's other things like The Leftovers, which was brilliant from start to finish, you know, and they even managed to like each season just completely 
throw you for a loop with how the season was. You know, when you come back to the second season, you're like, this is a new cast. What's going on here? Like, you know, and then they start to integrate the old cast into it as well. But like, you know, there's I have had success with these mysterious sort of um, shows uh-huh. before in a way that I'm hoping this will come through. So okay. I recommend from it's on epics here um, if and it's not available in the UK, like we said last week, unless you've got crafty ways of getting at it. But um, yeah, what the fuck? I mean, you know, just like we were talking about uh, either last week or the week before. <laughs> thanks so much, uh, James Gunn, for announcing that Peacemaker is finally available in the UK from the, <laughs> from the 22nd of March. Oh, my God. It's so wild. I guess yeah. there are some people out there who haven't stolen it yet. Uh, <laughs> I also this week uh, got around to watching the movie that Laura and John have recommended over and over and over again. Death Drop Gorgeous. Ah, good. Um, on Shutter, And, you know, it is a lot of fun. I didn't love it as much as John and Laura or Anna loved it. Um, I think... It also, it should be 30 to 40 minutes shorter than it is. Sure. Uh, but they did really good stuff with what is clearly an extremely low budget movie. Nice. Um, and it is funny. It's gory in unexpected ways. The like first death you see or second death you see in it is like literally a guy's penis in a meat grinder like it is it is it goes there all the way through um it is you know um i think bing bong (laughs) i was wondering if that was gonna make its way into this podcast this week hey yo (laughs) um but yeah they do incredible stuff with with this it's basically you know a murder mystery of sorts that takes place in a drag bar Mm, um with like an aging queen who is used to be like the the toast of provincetown and now is like disrespected by everyone and um you know it centers around this one fella um who is sort of he's like a bartender he's just come back from like he broke up with his boyfriend and he moved back to Provincetown he becomes a bartender again at this bar he used to work at um and it gets in the middle of all of this sort of drama while also people are dying around him mm-hmm. and I think one of the things that I really like in this is like it's very funny you know it's drag queen humor and all that kind of stuff and it manages to sort of lampoon some of the like issues in like white gay culture and things like that you know the the racism that this guy faces and stuff like that without at all being message horror okay not in the slightest it's just sort of like these little commentaries here and there through the lens of this you know person of color who is your lead here um experiencing racism as is rampant uh in largely white gay communities Without it being like, and this is a movie about what it's like to experience racism as a gay man. You know, it's just, this is part of the scene. Mm. It is what it is. You know, let him have a moment to acknowledge it or whatever. And you get to see people get comeuppance for, you know, being racist assholes and things like that. Yeah. Um, And it never delves into being message horror. So they did a lot with what they had. Um, The, like, you know, climax of this movie (laughs) gets bonkers and is just an 
absolute good time. You know I hate a villain monologue. A mm. drag queen villain monologue is amazing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so okay. I really recommend Death Drop Gorgeous. If you have Shudder, it's worth your time. You know, it's you're not going to be mad that you watched it. Wonderful. All right, good, 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 good. And speaking of Shudder, uh, I also managed to squeeze in Hellbender. Um, Hellbender. <sighs> not Hellbender 3D, however. Not, not um, what's his fucking name? The Kurgan. Oh, yeah. Um, Clancy, Clancy fucking Brown. Clancy Brown in Hellbender 3D. No, this was Hellbender yeah. in 2D. Um, <laughs> once again. Not enough Shudder. dimensions. He could at least give us a third dimension, Hellbender. Come on. Uh, two dimensions awful title hellbender fucking terrible mm-hmm. title um but actually a solid solid uh witchcraft slash folk core uh mom core serving okay it's a All it's right. a, a a convergence of cores here in this one film <laughs> drawing deeply from the pool of many cores to to give us what it is which is a uh mother daughter tale uh mother has isolated her daughter from society under the pretense that she's ill that she's sick um and uh, weirdly they play in a band together okay sure mom and daughter <laughs> uh turns out mum is a witch uh and daughter is a nascent witch coming into her powers um and that's all i really want to say about it it was fun it has okay. gore it has great performances uh, it does a lot with little in much the same way as you've just said that that uh, death drop gorgeous does uh nice. i'm not gonna i'm not gonna insist anyone goes out of their way to sure. enjoy hellbender but if you're if if you're in a room and it's on maybe don't change the channel <laughs> there you go fair enough yeah mm. that's a get like sometimes you're just like this movie's not gonna be a bad time you're not gonna be yeah. mad you watched it and that's enough yeah, yeah. i need those from time to time yeah actually exactly. I put on a movie the other day thinking that was what I was getting into, and it actually surprised me. Um, it was a found footage movie called Butterfly Kisses. Um, mm. And that, again, another not great title for a, a movie, but it is, it's really, really well done and interestingly done. So it is like a found footage movie within a found footage movie. What happens in this movie is that there's a guy who is a filmmaker. And he finds, I think he moves into a new house or something like that. And he finds this box of mini DVs um, from these film students five years before something like that, who had been working on a documentary. And so he starts going through these mini DVs. And in these films, they are looking for this like local legend, um, who they call like peeping Tom or like the blinker man and things like that. Like they go through and all the locals have like a different thing they call him. But essentially what happens is you're supposed to, yeah, it's great. So what you're supposed to do is this like wildly, like just impossible thing. You're supposed to stare down a tunnel, this train tunnel for an hour and then he will appear and then once he appears, like, he, you'll never be able to get rid of him until he kills you or whatever, you mm-hmm. know? Um, sounds wildly improbable. But what these filmmakers do then is they set up their camera as their eyes because they can't stare for an hour <laughs> down a thing. They set up the camera as the eye and capture this guy. And he is now sort of appears to them in the camera so they can never see him. But he's in the camera getting closer and closer and closer to them. 
Now, the thing with this movie, for one thing, the the Peeping Tom guy actually is really creepy looking. It's like just hits all the notes for me, like the like slender guy or whatever in the um, the mm. Conjuring movie. Uh, <laughs> you know, like there's just ugh, everything about him is really creepy. But that's not totally the point of this movie. The point is this guy who is the filmmaker who has found these DV tapes is trying to convince others this happened, that this is real, and to take him seriously as he's making a documentary by putting together these kids' movie. And so you're watching him go around to, like, paranormal societies, radio shows, all this kind of stuff, trying to say, like, this is is a thing, and these kids died. And, like, he's trying to track down who these kids are. He's trying to track down anyone who appeared in their documentary because they have experts and stuff like that in it. And... It's like destroying his life. It's a lovely premise. It's a really nice premise. Mm. And the thing about the way this is executed is multiple times throughout this movie, I thought, because people play themselves. Like the, um, there's a book series here, like the weird book series. And they're based off of Weird NJ, Weird New Jersey, um, this website slash zine um, that uh, was started like 20, 30 years ago by Mark Moran and Mark Skirman. And, it was just cataloging people's stories of weird phenomena in New Jersey. And it became like a huge thing. Um, And so they made a book series of it. So you can get weird other states and stuff like that. So the guy who wrote weird Maryland is in this as himself. Um, And there's various other people like a professor who plays himself, um, Mm. a guy who does like, he's an editor for all kinds of like paranormal things on travel channel stuff. He plays himself. Um, And they're so convincing. It has you wondering did he tell them this was okay. a, a fake okay. thing? Okay. You know, like where you're just like, it seems like they're taking this seriously, you know, mm. and everyone he meets is basically like, you, I'm sorry, you're full of shit, whether nicely or or not. But it thus, it has this realism that I rarely yeah. get, Um, you know, and well, that's that my thing terrific. with, what's that found footage movie that I don't really like, but you love? Uh, Lake Mungo. Lake Mungo, yes. And the thing about Lake Mungo that I love is that I believe them. <laughs> you know, like when I watch that movie, Tell I'm me like, again what this I... is called Butterfly Kisses. Butterfly Kisses, yeah. Um, and this movie is just very believable. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that and that is whether you believe the people in the documentary he's, you know, found, it feels like everything else happening in it is real and so i was just really surprised <laughs> how good this was because found footage 98 percent of the time is shit uh see that was what really... i was about to ask you i don't i can't remember if you like found footage as a as a concept or not you don't do you know it's not i mean i love found footage when i find one that is done really well you yeah. know yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> i can be on board with it but i think most of the time yeah i just as opposed I to what was it called, the wet house? What was it, the fucking deep wet house, the house of the wetness? What was it called? <laughs> I have no idea. Wet what you're house. Talking about. The, the wet. Underwater oh, the deep wet house, house or the the, <laughs> the wet the wet house. <laughs> Don't go what in the wet. What the fuck are you on about? You know. Uh, the... Yes. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Like that is what most found footage is like you no, know, you're clearly you're acting right. yeah. waste of the concept this does things in a found footage movie that i've never seen a found footage movie do before excellent yeah uh, two <laughs> actual wrecks here that I, that I will follow up the last thing i've seen which i'm gonna say nothing about is dogville um mm. 
I uh, all are, well look. Yeah, this is so. This is for Mark's video rant. So obviously, yes. you're not going to get. I'm going to say shit about it, it. But this is for this month's Marco's video rant, which I'll be filming this week. I said all I'll say is this, right? I asked to be challenged. That's all I'll say. You did. I did ask for this, uh, <laughs> so I've just got to <laughs> take my fucking medicine and talk <laughs> about Dogville. <laughs> Oof, man. I am. Um, yeah, it was. How long was it? It was about three hours. I just, oh, yeah. It was two minutes longer than the Batman. It's longer, longer than Batman. Yeah. Uh, uh, so you really let it not be said that Mark is not dedicated oh, to this. Anyone fucking say that I'm not <laughs> dedicated to this, that I'm some kind of, you know, oh, he says it, but he doesn't back up. Almost no trousers, as they say. I like that. Almost no trousers. Oh, is that a new <laughs> one on you? Well, obviously, we don't even say trousers, so yeah, that's going to be a new one for me. Oh, mouth, no pants. <laughs> I've never heard that saying before, so I'm going to say it's not there a thing go. here. Uh, to anyone who does say that, I fucking watched Dogville all three hours of it, mate. Uh, Marco's video rant coming soon. Oh, I can't wait. I am very excited to see what you came up with. And actually, I looked at the premise for this movie, and well, Large Von Trier movies in general, I, you know, as I said last week, it's kind of a. I'm good. This does mm. seem interesting. So I will be very curious to see yeah. what you um, say about it. It resonated with me. It, it it gave me a lot to think about and a lot to talk about. Uh, I know I, I crack wise and piss about because it was three hours long and quite difficult to watch. But uh, I'm very, very glad I did. Lovely. <laughs> uh, so good job, Sam. Uh, I also, I watched... Um, the Adam Project on Netflix. Right, gonna, I'm going to watch that with the kids uh, okay. this weekend. So I will, yeah. So we'll talk about it next week because my take on it was it's a it's fine. Uh, but I think if I were like nine, it would be my jam. So I'll be very mm -hmm. curious to hear what your kids think of it. I think it really has like there's a good vibe in it cool. for kids it's very derivative i, uh -huh. mean, I get flight like, of the navigator vibes from it right it's like if you have like flight of the navigator you've got et you've got iron man 3 you've got huh? like you know all these like you can kind of spot everything that influenced uh this movie um but you know it's not it's not a bad time and i think kids probably will really like it so yeah. i look forward to hearing what your kids say the funny thing is, I put on my list of things that I watched this week, uh, what we watched for uh, Scream and Chat, Shocking Dark, and I'm like, what even was this movie? Now I just Googled it. <laughs> I remember what this is. Shocking Dark. Boy, howdy. Have you heard of this? Never in my entire life. It's a 1989 movie, an Italian uh, sci-fi horror movie okay. that spends like uh, I'm like trying to think of how long so the movie is an hour and a half long boy it was a long hour and a half it spends about <laughs> an hour of that runtime being a blatant alien ripoff okay. I mean like extremely blatant where you're like that's that character that's that character this is you know this thing is then like out of nowhere there's a little girl in it like or, so i guess aliens is what i mean but it's like yeah. you know, where did this little girl come from there just had to be one there had to be a new um and then 
the last half hour, it becomes a blatant Terminator 2 ripoff. Just completely changes direction. And (laughs) it becomes Terminator 2. Um, It is a giant waste of time. Uh, And I I don't recommend it, except maybe it feels like one of those movies that you could probably be high Mm. and watch. That's the only um, and, the only way you're going to get any mileage out of it. Yeah, and being completely sober, no substances at all. There was mm. not much in that that film for me. But okay. uh, at the same time, like you know, when you you watch something and you're like, oh, that was terrible. That was a waste of my time. I wish I didn't watch it. But also, like, eh, I'm kind of glad I watched it. Mm. <laughs> I'm glad I know that that exists. Um, and of course, watching it with the scream and chat is always a fun time. So shocking dark, if you're looking for just like the most cynical cash grab of a ripoff <laughs> made in Italy of two popular films of the time. If I'm ever in that very specific frame very of mind. specific. I'm mood. in the mood for something. I can't quite put my finger on it. It has to be Italian and yeah. it has to shamelessly plagiarize two massive American sci-fi franchises. Yes. That's what I would go for. That's what you're going to want to do for free on YouTube. Shocking dark. Mm. Have you watched, and this is only tangential, have you watched Turning Red yet? Uh, No, the boys and Laura saw it last night while I went to the gym. What did they think? Seemed to enjoy it. I really loved it. So I was just very curious also um, Mm. about that. Just watched that yesterday um me and kia watched it and it was like like kia was on his way to the basement to go do man things and uh was sitting there as he was getting ready and like the first five minutes of it played and he was having such a good time he was like ah fuck i guess i'm watching it and so he he popped the recliner back and stayed and we watched the whole thing (laughs) and uh absolutely delightful film so if you have disney plus i also recommend turning red now the other thing that i watched this week leads me to a question for you okay Okay. If something, and you know, we've been talking forever. Where this is, as far as we're concerned, our main what we've been thinking about topic this week, <laughs> um, because this is coming from my brain right now. So I watched the second season of Upload, uh, which I have been trying to get you to watch for the past year and a half. <laughs> what is that? I was going to do the whole bit. That's about the guy with the chip, isn't it? I just, yeah. just assume I've done that bit. Let's just just yeah. Let's let's move on. Let's move on. Okay. Um, so Upload, for those who have not seen this show, is on Amazon Prime uh, starring Robbie Amell. And it is about a guy who um, is in a car accident in this sort of future. Um, and it's a future with a lot of like wealth inequality, things like that, but a very techno future as well. Mm. Um, and he dies in this car accident and his very rich girlfriend has his consciousness uploaded into a very fancy afterlife so basically they figured out how they can pull if they can get you right before you die um they can pull your consciousness from you and they can upload it into these afterlives and if you're rich enough you get to be in these like nice places if you're poor you end up in places where you have like two gigabytes of data and live in a white room and once you've thought too much over the course of the month you run out of data and you're just frozen for the rest Mm. of the month and you just like sit there um (laughs) yeah and uh they and so you know this guy uh ends up up there and as this unfolds you're kind of realizing that there's something sinister he was creating like um a share uh what do you call it um 
what do you call it? Like Linux or things like that. Like, what do you call? Operating system, an OS. No, 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 no. But like when it's free to people. Open source. Open source. Thank you. He's created like an open source afterlife uh, so that everyone should have the opportunity to, you know, have a good afterlife instead of just rich people and stuff like that. And you're sort of finding as the show goes on that his death was probably at the hands of people trying to stop him from creating this open Mm -hmm. source afterlife. Um, And so like this whole idea was really fascinating to me um, because we've talked a lot about consciousness and you know uh, and we will talk a lot more about it in episodes to come (laughs) i'm sure absolutely and you know we've talked uh multiple times about things like you know if you get your head cut off or things like that how long are you alive what are the functions that makes someone still alive and we've talked about you know, uh, religious perspectives on this as well, and scientific perspectives and ideas of soul and all that kind of stuff. And so I was thinking about this, um, and it has to do with a storyline in this that I won't spoil for people who haven't watched it yet, but my thought was, if your consciousness Mm. has been uploaded to some sort of cloud, and, and one of the things they're trying to do in this, right, is to be able to then download it, make you a new body, and download you into a body again so yep, that you yep, can go yep, back yep, to yep. living your life on Earth. And it goes poorly in comical and gory ways when they try to do this. They're still experimenting with it in this show. But so when they download you back into a body, is it still you? So let's say this is possible, Mark. All your memories, all your knowledge, the closest thing that you can get to a soul, if you will, all of that stuff, you ha- we have now pioneered the ability to put that into some sort of cloud and yep. then later on download it. As far as you, the person in this afterlife, know, your life has been continuous, right? Nothing has changed for you. You remember everything you were before you arrived here. So is it you? Are you AI? What are you? when your body is done but your consciousness carries on okay uh so you're asking a you're asking a few different questions here i think Mm -hmm. yes and my response tackle them however you like other 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 fictions have to me what you're asking here is the same question as that episode of star trek the next generation asks where it turns out that the the uh the transporter is just making copies of you and killing the <laughs> right, original. Right, yeah. Yeah? Right. It's why Barkley was, had, had his fucking phobia of the transporter. It created that alt-Riker uh, mm-hmm. that was stuck on a planet that one time. You're asking that. If That's I exactly remember asking, everything yeah. about my life and I'm still aware of myself, if I'm... I, I think that's the key. If I'm still aware of myself with all of the memories and the experiences and the nurture part of my personality if that has been preserved but the vessel is new then yes i categorically am still me you think so huh yes i do so why because uh, that's I... it, like i think the the star trek thing is such a good like that's exactly kind of what i was thinking about right it is a terrifying concept to think of just like you just keep dying essentially you know you're just 
there's copies of you, but that yep. person that your meat suit is gone. Yeah. Um, and thus, you know, there is a copy of you. Yeah. But also the person who had all of those memories and things like that, those are actually gone. That's all gone. You have annihilated the original home and and the original electrical functions that are that thing. And all you have is a copy now. So Surely. <laughs> but, okay, so by your argument then, if I make a copy of a song onto a different medium, it's not the same song because the original medium is gone. If I think I'm me, I'm me. Well, it's kind of the, you know, this is not a pipe. Yeah, absolutely, that way, absolutely. Isn't it? But the, if... If, but if because that's not the band, right? A, a song, that's more what I'm saying. A yeah. song is not the band that was in this place. And you would never argue that, okay, if all these band members were in a plane crash, they're still alive because that song exists, right? You now have a copy of some part of their consciousness, but you don't have them anymore. They're gone. But you're talking about a complete and flawless reproduction. Right. To the point but where the it isn't. But the destruction of the other. But what you're destroying is a medium, not the article. You're destroying the medium that it was carried in. If you have managed to, with complete perfection and with no defects and no flaws and no degradation... If you've managed to transfer that, you're not copying it, you're transferring it. And what mm -hmm. you have on the other end is the exact same qualities and experiences and lived life just being held in a new medium. Mm. You, I don't think you are just your meat. I think there is more to you. There is, there is, there is a lived life, there is a lived experience, which I think and um, which I would love to think will someday be transferable between hosts. Right, yeah. And that's an interesting framing, too, to think about, because you're right, it's a transferring yeah. of that. So I was kind of framed, because then I got caught in the transport of thought, because I'm like, then you're you're kind of destroying the thing, too, right? You're destroying what, you're destroying mm. those memories, you're destroying the actual, the synapses, all the things that are that, and just making a copy of it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, as opposed to in the case that I have presented to you here, you have extracted it. Although, see, that's one of the things that comes up in here is you can copy it um, and, you know, make backups, theoretically, of like who this person that's is. When it gets, that's when it gets messy, when you're able mm -hmm. to put, when you're able to transfer it into two uh, yeah. entities at the same time. I think that's um, exactly what I said to Kristen. Uh, I was like, oh, that is philosophically yeah. messy. Yeah, that, that's, <laughs> to that's think when, about. Yeah, that's when it branches off, and that's when you've got to make some hard decisions about who's in charge. Damn it! Um, right. Well, but and then so that's so okay. We have up. Yeah, we've uploaded a consciousness, and again, for whether you are that main original consciousness or you're the backup consciousness, you're still continuous in your own mind. And if they put you into two separate bodies, this one. Yeah is one AI Senior. and one mm. and uh, one real. <laughs> then you'd have to call upon, you know, who has seniority, who's been around for the <laughs> longest. 
that, then I, I would, think that's that, how that works. Yeah, definitely. That's definitely how it works. I mean, there's you know there's the old question about are you now right now Corrigan as you sat as you sit there right now because of the rate at which your cells develop and your dead cells mm, get right. discarded. Are you even the same person you were? The ship of Corius. Exactly this. I mean, <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure that medically it's bollocks because a lot of your cells yeah. don't regenerate and die. Yeah, but. You know, it's the same. It's it's in essence the same question. Are you the yeah, same and I think you were if you're if you're all of your atoms are completely different. Right. If you if you take it apart but put it together. Yeah. You know, bit by bit, I suppose it, it was an interesting thought to me. Just again on the basis of the way that we have talked about consciousness and about the way we've talked about where those things are carried, um, yes. and what it means to, you know, mm. what parts of you constitute you and when you are dead and when you are when you lose consciousness and things like yeah. that and to think about it obviously in a far-fetched thing maybe someday they'll figure this out i don't know but uh, in this I... far-fetched way makes me ask questions about again what is what and, and makes it, us who we are if if and when that becomes plausible those questions will have to be asked i right. remember very clearly that eileen refused to rule it out Mm-hmm. Yeah. When we put this question to her some weeks ago, right? She didn't say that it would never happen. She said that it, it, we can't say that it will. With our win, current which... science, exactly. it can't happen. But that doesn't mean it always will be impossible. I think to to I think we owe it to the future to start this process now of drawing up what the rules are. Assuming there's only one copy, right? Assuming there's only one download in in use at any given time then mm-hmm. yes, I am comfortable in saying that that is, to all intents and purposes, me. Yeah, I think it's kind of a... The question is interesting to me because it it's, speaks to sort of like the fear of death, right? And the, and the like, oh, yeah. you know, I don't want to die. No. I'm not super into that idea. So the no. idea that like, oh, maybe you upload me somewhere, but I still die. <laughs> it's like, oh, that sucks. Like, that's cool that there would be like another me, I guess, that thinks it's me but if i've died that's a bummer (laughs) that's not what i want i want to keep living you know even Um, even after kind of i've I've thought of it for another 10-15 minutes i still i still can't find anything to convince me otherwise that as long as i think i'm me then surely i'm me well that's great for new you but what about you as long as as long as as long as as long as i'm dead as long as old me is out the picture yeah, it doesn't it doesn't really matter. And it's... new me has the full one hundred percent intact access to all of my memories and experiences, and n- neuroses and hangups and anxieties. As long as I think I'm me, then I'm me. I'm fine <laughs> that. On the other hand, if in fact that is simply a thing that thinks it's you, mm. you know, if that and your point is you think no, it's it would still be you, but if it is not you're ultimately just sort of creating an unnecessary copy of you in order to preserve your existence yeah. uh while you have actually died <laughs> when when the yeah. actual person is well, gone you've now just sort of you know made it's another a, it's a monument you. isn't it or a, it is a, yeah it's 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 the guy it's the MIT guy who made the chatbot out of his dad's diaries right. that's what that is Exactly. And that speaks to a lot of what this 
is about in this, right? Like being an afterlife, like people who are alive can visit this afterlife in like these suits and whatnot that make it okay. so you can go in there and you can go see your loved one. Um, and so part of that is obviously about the grief of the people left behind. Yes. Um, you know, that you never really have to say goodbye to someone. And one of the main characters, sort of the love interest in this, um, she's dealing with the fact that her dad is sick, but he still believes in, like, religion. He still believes in God and an afterlife. And mm -hmm. so she wants to get him to go to one of these places so that she can keep on seeing him. Mm -hmm. um, but to him, he's like, no, I want her mom died. And she's like, he's like, I want to be with your mother. So I need to like actually die. I can't yep. go into this heaven and be without her still. What's the point of that? So, you know, part of this is obviously not even about the person themselves, but yep. the way that people deal yep. um, with losing people. Uh, it's interesting. You are completely right. And, ah, uh, man, I, I know I've, I, I'm certain I've said this on Joag before, but one of the, I think one of the things that has got us as a species into the trouble that we're in is and even as I'm saying this I'm aware that it might sound a little bit ghastly <laughs> but this urge to preserve life at all costs right you know this urge mm -hmm. to just you know keep the fucking the monitor beeping keep the fucking readings coming out keep them alive keep them alive preserve life cure extend prevent death mm -hmm. Yeah. You can't fucking do that indefinitely. Nope. Yeah. Uh, at least, you know, not in the format that we know ourselves now. <laughs> right. You, know? you can't. Yeah, exactly. Keep, you, can't, you can't sustain this indefinitely. It, it would lead to the ruination of everything and already is doing. Mm hmm. Yeah. You've, you've it's true. Go, yeah. You've. you've uh, but, but if and when it is possible, and, you know, Eileen didn't rule it out. Uh, put me on a server farm and as long as i'm conscious that's fine upload me somewhere i'm cool as long as i think i'm alive then i'm alive indeed thank you for indulging that question mark it's lots no, to think welcome. about you'll still you know still be the thing that i think lots about but mm. i needed to talk it out what are your thoughts then? So, are you you is the uploaded you still you <sighs> yeah i'm not sure i'm still in that in-between space i think you've made a solid argument here, uh -huh. but I'm still not convinced uh -huh. that it would be anything other than someone who thinks they're you. It's artificial intelligence. It's not actually me if I have died. <laughs> Is that... Uh, I, I, yeah, okay. That's, that's where we're coming at it differently. I think past a certain point, it stops being artificial. And if it is a perfect sure, recap, yeah. then it's just intelligence. That's a that's a good point. Yeah. But it's still I just don't know that it's me. Uh -huh. You know, I think I'm gone and I have just essentially created a clone. You know, um th maybe that's my like that's again it's just yeah, that's a, a, like thinking about this causes me to think about again what is my consciousness um and you know, where does it live? Oh. <laughs> and to think of the destruction of me, I think it's hard to imagine that anything that you take from me would be anything other than just you know, it's like birthing another me, but it's not yes. me. 
Yeah. Interesting. We'll think more about it. Good to talk it over. Yeah. <laughs> so, dear friends, let us know what you think. Uh, yeah. If we were to be able to upload and download our consciousness, would it still be us? I don't know. Feel free to tell us your thoughts if you've thought about this before or if it's mm. just now bringing something to mind. Very curious uh, to hear what you think. Uh, and just to see us out, I hope you're all okay. I really do. Yes. I hope that, I hope that the relentless fucking weirdness of the world isn't weighing too heavily on your shoulders this week because if it look we're 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 here for you we're here we feel it too so friends stay happy stay healthy yeah and stay spooky